everyone and welcome to the Imprint Podcast. Today we're here with Karis, Accounts Manager for Adidas. Hey Karis. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for giving us some time to get to know you a little better today. No problem. Okay, so first question, tell us what's your story? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm Karis. I'm currently a account marketing manager for Adidas. But uh, so to go back right to the beginning, I grew up in Oxfordshire in a little town about half an hour outside Oxfordshire. I went to uni in Oxford, but I should point out Oxford Brooks, not the Oxford. <laughs> I'm not that clever. Um, lived in Brighton for about four years. Then I moved to London nearly 10 years ago now. Okay, wow, that's a um, long but short journey of your life. <laughs> okay, so um, what would you say your influences are? Um, well, growing up, um, I guess I was influenced by my sister. So I, my sister was six years older than me, and I remember I used to always copy her style so every time she'd start wearing something I'd start wearing it and it annoyed her so much Um, she couldn't stand me six years is a big age gap for siblings so it wasn't like a closeness Um, but then so she moved to uni when I was 12 so around that time I guess I had to develop my own style Um, so I started to dress it became really important to me to look different to everyone else at school for some reason so I used to wear some quite different clothes and my whole influence really was just trying to look different to everyone at school I don't really know why because all it all it um, ultimately ended up in is getting bullied (laughs) but for some reason it was really important to me to look different to everyone else see well I say if you got bullied for the way that you stood out you clearly made a mark so (laughs) exactly if there's a positive on that even though there's a negative (laughs) yeah but um yeah so next question for you so tell us more about your journey with big eyes little souls what actually we actually met back in 2015 we did yeah (laughs) so I'd been following big eyes um I guess for a couple of years before I approached them um probably when I was still living in Brighton so when I moved to London um I basically didn't know that many people. I moved there for my career and I didn't have a big group of friends and I particularly didn't have any friends really from the sneaker community. So I reached out to Yanni who who started uh, Big Eyes, that's her baby. She started it in 2010. And I just asked if I could join and start writing. I'd also just started a job in comms. So I was trying to really build up a bit of a copywriting portfolio Uh, so it meant that I had an immediate community of of some female sneakerheads around me Um, and then it was kind of twofold because on top of that a big part of it at the time and this is back in 2015 I'm sure you remember there would be sneaker release parties every Thursday night all over London there'd be a couple every Thursday Um, And part of Big Eyes was going to those events and covering them and writing up for the blog, posting pictures on social media. And I have had and still have massive social anxiety. So for me, going to those events was really putting myself in an uncomfortable position that I didn't initially enjoy, but I knew was important, not just socially, but also for my career in terms of 
getting better roles, being a manager, kind of moving upwards in my career, I felt that it would really help me with that. And it did. Okay, well, okay, question sidebar. How are you going to cope re-emerging after the <laughs> lifted with um, COVID? Because social anxiety is a big thing that everybody's going to struggle with. Yeah. But and I think even people that didn't have it before will have it now. Because I think, I mean, it is good if you're in a role where you spend most of your day on a Zoom call, because although it's it's not the same, obviously, at least it means you're still conversing with people um, and you're still having to maintain some some level of, of, of socialising. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say even slightly before COVID, I'd kind of dialed down going to stuff like that. I'm in my late 30s. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to every party anymore. But I, I definitely think it will be, in all seriousness, difficult for, for people to re-emerge, particularly to the extent of going to parties, because even not just the social anxiety, there's also the, the anxiety around do I wear a mask? Uh, is everyone wearing a mask? How how long do we keep that going? Do I feel comfortable hugging people? What is the kind of social protocol in terms of like, do I shake hands? What do I do? So yeah, I think it'll be, it will be difficult, but it'll be good, of course, in the long run to re-emerge with us all being social butterflies again. At a distance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. A safe distance. Yeah, a safe distance for sure. As you mentioned in your FFF, being part of the sneaker community helped open doors for your career path. Can you tell us how that looked exactly? Yeah, definitely. So I think this is true of every industry, but I think particularly in this industry and particularly being a woman, I think you need to prove your worth almost and prove your experience and your interest and your knowledge. So if I was to go into a job interview with just my CV and just my work experience maybe that wouldn't be as relevant but then because through big eyes it wasn't just events and it wasn't just a community we also did things like content creation with retailers like Foot Locker um, brands like Puma we even created a shoe with Nike um, so I think it just gives that add-on, that kind of extracurricular side to your CV that proves that you have a genuine interest, a genuine knowledge, you've got some kind of history in this industry that gives you an edge over someone else who's maybe just got the job experience. Okay. Um, I mean, Big Eyes has been around for quite a while in terms of pre-Instagram, I feel, and you know, just just on the cusp, I think. And you guys have created a lot in the last decade. Um, but how do you feel with all the other platforms that have emerged within the last decade? Do you see anything that really stands out? Um, yeah, I mean, I think even in the last year and probably because of lockdown, a lot of um, younger creatives have really started building communities and putting out a lot of content on social which is really great um, and it started up again a lot of conversations like uh, TT has obviously been making a lot of content and having a lot of doing interviews and having raising those conversations again the one thing I would say that is it, it's kind of a negative in a way is that it's unfortunate that we're still having to have these same conversations with brands 10 years later. So Yanni started Big Eyes in 2010. 
2021 now, we're still asking for exactly the same things. So we're not asking for pink shoes. We're not asking for glitter. We're just asking for brands to release a shoe in a full size run. And that kind of thing, it's great to see that there's so many women now having these conversations again, but it, it's unfortunate that it kind of shows them that, that brands haven't listened to the last 10 years. So there's still a lot of work to do, but bringing it back into the kind of the forefront of people's minds again during lockdown is, is a great thing. And big eyes definitely want to get back on it and, and become part of that conversation again. Okay, so will we see you re-emerging soon? You, you will. We just had an incident last week where our Facebook account had got hacked. Now, I'm actually not on Facebook anymore, so uh, Yanni and some of the other girls had to deal with, with this, but it, it kind of um, showed to us we need to get back on it and, <laughs> and rescue these accounts and restart Big Eyes. Yes, keep, keep your, you know, your digital imprint, as it were. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so... Let's talk about your Arcadia journey, the brands you've worked with and even working with Ivy Park before it became to where you essentially are in the company. Yeah, so uh, Arcadia was my first uh, company I worked for when I moved to London. So I, my first role there was with Miss Selfridge and it was retail communications. So my role was basically being a gatekeeper to all the different departments in head office that wanted to send information out to stores. So whether it be marketing information, a promotion, visual merchandising, I would kind of consolidate all that information and send it out in a language that would be clear to retail staff and area managers. Um, and from there, that's when I actually moved away from Arcadia after, I think I was there about two and a half or three years. Um, and that, my move to London and me joining Arcadia was because I was obviously earning a bigger salary than I had been in Brighton, I was able to start collecting sneakers again. Um, so that and linked up with a, a wanting to move into a sportswear or sneaker company meant that I left for a few years. So I moved on to a brand management company who look after brands like Aless, Lacoste footwear, Berghaus, Kickers. So I, I went there and that's where I first got into marketing roles. So I was brand manager for Aless and Kickers for a couple of years. Um, and I actually took, so they had a restructure and I took redundancy from there a few years later. And that's when I actually ended up back by complete coincidence. It wasn't by design, it was just by coincidence, back at Arcadia through Ivy Park. So obviously Ivy Park at the time was was a collaboration with with Beyonce and uh, Philip Green, who um, owned Arcadia. But it, it felt really different, actually, because Ivy Park was a totally separate office in Old Street, whereas the main Arcadia office was um, off Oxford Street, obviously. So although I was back, it, it didn't really feel like the same company, to be honest, because we weren't under the same management it was very separate separate office but unfortunately my time went there was short because that that signaled the end of the relationship between Beyonce and Arcadia and obviously that's when she took the brand to Addy um, and again by complete coincidence not by design again I ended up at Addy after that <laughs> in a totally separate role nothing to do with with uh, Ivy Park and Beyonce. 
Well, see, that's still that's still really cool though, because it's you're crossing paths but landing in the exactly yeah. Like, and and it ended up that even some of my colleagues from Ivy Park also ended up at, at Addy in in different roles. So one of one of my colleagues who was a marketing manager at Ivy Park also ended up moving over to Germany to work work for Adidas for a few years as well. Wow. It's a very small world, obviously, as you know, in this industry. <laughs> very small. <laughs> very. Okay, so let's talk about the activations that you have worked on through the pandemic and how they have turned out completely different to what was originally planned during this global pandemic. Yeah, so I joined in this role in early 2019. So I had a very um, easy a first kind of 10 months where I was able to do actual physical activations um, and then as we moved into 2020, uh, almost immediately, the, the first impact wasn't directly activation related, it was release related. So because COVID affected production, all of our releases really were pushed back from the first half of the year into the second half of the year. So firstly, um, the first half was really quiet and I was actually furloughed just for one month, but, but still obviously that has an effect on everyone. Uh, and then the second half of the year was really busy because we had a year's worth of releases within six months, but we had to completely flip the way we worked and go complete digital focus um, or content creation rather than it be physical activation. So one example was the IRAC release um, in September. So I did activations with two uh, retailers, Foot Patrol in London and Sneakers and Stuff in New York. Uh, so for the Foot Patrol one, we actually worked with a London agency to develop an AR uh, Instagram filter. Uh, so they used some of Kunle from IRAC's original artwork from his tags and made that into AR filters and that worked really effectively we had loads of people posting them I had Vashti was using them love that um, and then for sneakers and stuff they already had a relationship with Kunle uh, so they were able to work with him to create a huge mural on the side of the sneakers and stuff store in New York that had loads of challenges, not just COVID related, but also things like the weather, it kept raining. So New York City Council wouldn't let him go up the side of a building to paint a mural. <laughs> um, but we were really happy with that because the timing meant it was a difficult time to release a shoe. So there was a lot ha happening globally and in the US at the time. So there'd been the Black Lives Matter protests. It was the run up to the election. COVID was happening. So people were losing their jobs, didn't have much money. So Kunle really felt like it wasn't the right thing to do to really commercially push buying a shoe. So he asked if he could use the space and use the, the kind of coinciding with this release to talk about voting and to really encourage Americans to vote um, and we absolutely supported that. Sneakers and Stuff were also working with an organisation called When We All Vote so it it lined up really well to have just an overall message that that's what we wanted you to do. If you go and buy the shoe great but we'd rather you vote <laughs> in, in all honesty. So yeah that's just a couple of examples where we've done something other than you know the, the old traditional ways of oh we'll do 
a party or we'll do a panel talk or that kind of thing. I guess it's going to be very different moving forward to all those sorts of events and planning activations once we're free. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely already see an eagerness with retailers to do physical activations again, like they're kind of already asking, when can we start thinking about that? Um, from my side, I, I don't, you know, the first half of this year, not even worth considering um, in terms of physical parties. Later in the year, depending on what country it is in and what the vaccination rate is, then it's something we can consider. Obviously, in the UK, we're actually pretty far along with vaccinations, but a lot of the countries where I have retailers I work with, they're much, much further behind. So I, I don't see the point seriously thinking about it until the retailer is in a place where most of the people in that city or that country are vaccinated. Well, safety first. So I can exactly. recommend you on that one for sure. <laughs> So what exciting projects do you have on the horizon that you can tell us about? Well, not many that I can tell you about, obviously, because uh, it's a secret secret. But uh, yeah, uh, so the first um, couple of months of this year has again been quite quiet because a few releases have been pushed back still because of COVID production um, issues. But from April onwards, I'm starting to get much busier and all things going well I'll be busy for the rest of the year Great. so I'm working on a couple of things with accounts at the moment uh the special release which I think's uh, in a couple of months that's always a, a big one particularly for UK retailers they always want to activate that yeah just from an overall business point of view I think the excitement internally is around the Jerry Lorenzo relationship yep. um that particularly, I, I certainly can't give you any uh, <laughs> any info on that, not not because I'm being secretive, but because I don't know, because even internally, it's it's shrouded in secrecy. But I think that's that's really building up to be something everyone um, internal and external is excited to see where that relationship goes, both both from a product and marketing point of view. Everybody's definitely on tender hooks with that one. But yes, we're all in waiting in vain for that. <laughs> Last question for you, because it's not on the list. <laughs> what is your, can you tell us one fun fact about yourself? Um, okay. Uh, I'm covered in tattoos, which you can't see from this head image of, that we can see of ourselves but head to toe covered and I think that's as I was saying it links back to my first question where, where you, I was saying I had this weird need to look different to everyone else and to buy slightly different clothes and slightly different sneakers in my early 20s I was like well I'll just cover myself in tattoos and that's that's the ultimate way <laughs> to look to look different obviously now everyone's got them so it's backfired because now I just look like everyone else <laughs> Yes, no, it's how you how you rock them, right? So, exactly. so you've got your trademark right there. I salute you. <laughs> it's all good. Sharice, it's been great speaking with you today. Thank you. It's been lovely to be here. And no doubt we'll be in touch again real soon. Perfect. Thank you.